to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. It's been a wild week, sisters. Yeah. Two weeks, three weeks, I don't know. It's been wild. A long, it's been wild a times. It's, yeah. Crazy times. Yep. Uh, we don't time. We don't really want to talk about it because this is a comedy podcast. Um, and it's not funny. But in case you were wondering, the president is racist. <laughs> Yeah. In case I, you didn't already know. <laughs> we should have all known this collectively, but we didn't somehow. I mean, we did. We here, and many of you probably already did. But somehow the collective consciousness refused to acknowledge it. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I agree with people that go back to the point that, like, when he, like, mocked that reporter, like, like that's like anything that you accepted beyond that it's like is anybody surprised when he said those statements about like harass or assaulting women and I was like well, I don't know like yeah the new stuff is bad the past stuff was bad it's all been really bad I like it should have stopped forever ago right I mean that's I mean that's the problem like it should it I don't know why it took um him being this blatant for some and not even everybody to, to recognize it, but, I mean, here we are, and hopefully we can all agree now. Well, and they, they had this, like, I saw on, like, a news report where they had this, like, panel of, I can only call them, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say this because it's, I think it's, people will get what I'm going to say, a panel of Karens, um, but that's not against anybody that's named Karen out there. It's just, like, no. just white women that had opinions, um, and I'm so sorry as a, a white woman that also has opinions, but I'm not like, it's just like, no, he's not racist. I think those women are racist. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That was, no, I mean, that's it. Like they are. And <laughs> it's just such a shame. White women. I mean, we are, uh, we are. And I, I mean, we, we have to own that. Like it's, it can't distance ourselves from the fact, like I get it. Like, if you're treated as a prized object, still an object, not a person, that's a better position than being completely dehumanized. So I guess you're like bucking your odds and going with a better situation. It still all sucks. And uh, it's, it's, it, yeah. So Woof. we just wanted to make it clear where we stood on that issue. Mm -hmm. um, so that was very nice that the house censored him, censured him for that. Or cool. said Maybe that they, they condemned like it or passed a resolution or whatever the heck they did. I don't know. That's very nice. So if they could move forward with an impeachment now, that would yeah. be Yeah. Like, I don't, like, okay, so you, like, made a banner that said Trump's a racist. And then you all signed it. Like, like a, like a high school, like, pep rally. That's, that's <laughs> like, good. Okay. Like, I, no, I'm a, I applaud it as a good first move. But let it be a first and not an only. Yeah. Um. But uh, in happier in happier news, um, I uh, I along with the rest of the country watched Stranger Things. As did I. <laughs> uh, we will not spoil Stranger Things. Yeah. Because we understand that there are still five or six people who haven't watched it. Yeah. yeah. Probably there's like a good chance that maybe one person listening to this podcast yes hasn't seen it yet that yeah. plans on watching it. I guess. So we'll be very careful. Um, other than to say, I, I do think it's worth commenting on on this show just simply because of the prominence of the mall. Yes. It was very mall-centric. Yeah. 
Justin loved that. It was I mean, very weirdly accurate. Like the, like wait, which <laughs> the mall? Oh, okay. Not, not the, the whole, not the upside down. No, nope, the, the mall. <laughs> wait, I'm talking not, about I just mean, the mall. To be fair, the whole like Russians are interfering with our our lives. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. That that that's a fair point. But yeah, but the mall was quite accurate for for the time. But it, it was it was really it was it was like uh, for people who love the mall like that. It was sort of like mall porn, you know. Mm. Yeah. Like good old. Good old solid mall days, like that packed food court and all the, all the cool teens hanging out, just like being seen and seeing people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, the Gap featured prominently. Yeah. Mm. It's an important important part of everyone's childhood, I assume. The Gap. <laughs> uh, I appreciated the Sam Goody. Yeah. I was like, yes. And the Walden books, oh man, that took me back. <laughs> and I, I do, I, I hope this is not a spoiler, but I do think that all of Elle's fashion choices from the mall were um, really, very good. Really good. Very so good. good. So many, you can find that exact romper on Target, by the but way. Really? I heard. Yes. It's sold out in all Targets, but it's there. So that many. going to be the, the Halloween costume of the year. Yeah. That's well. That's what I was gonna say. So many Halloween costumes. I from want that to wear that Scoops so many. costume for Halloween. Mm. I want to be Robin. I want to wear that Scoops costume. Is it uh, weird that I want to be Ashley O from Black Mirror? No. That's <laughs> okay, where I'm at. Uh, Justin and I know where we are. We're we're th- we're considering a Hopper and Joyce look. <laughs> <laughs> you know yourselves. You're oh, aware. That'd be- <laughs> That'd be so good. We're kicking it around. We're thinking about I it. I suggested Dustin and Susie. That would be good too. I mean, it could be. It could be very good. I think they both would be very good. Uh, but if we won't say anything else, so we don't ruin it for the like I said, like the five people. It had like yeah. the biggest, right? Like the biggest yeah. opening week or whatever. Week most of, people that have seen it, and the most people who like watched it all. It. Yeah. Mm as quickly as they did ever so so i think i think that there'll probably be another season uh they're yeah. op- also without spoilers they're freaking better be yeah really yes they're better right yeah they uh, better be but um so i guess it, it looks like netflix is in its heyday uh speaking of television shows in their heyday <laughs> Television networks in their heyday. Guess what I got in the mail? What'd you get? I got a Nick box. What's that? I'm going to pretend like I don't know, so you'll explain it. So, the Nick box is a... (laughs) The Nick box is a subscription (laughs) service where they send you a box of old school Nickelodeon stuff. Uh, Justin got it for me. Um, actually in part because he knew I'd like it and then the other thing he said was also it'd probably be a fun thing for you to talk about on your podcast (laughs) (laughs) and uh, so I have one sitting next to me and I thought it would be a useful tool to spur a a conversation about Nickelodeon past and present the changing face of Nick and all of its many iterations that's right uh because it it really it brought back the fact that um, some of these shows 
that used to be on Nickelodeon, I think were watched as readily by adults as kids. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's such, I mean, I, I think that we all, uh, like, creators understand that adults watch cartoons now. We, we have plenty of cartoons that are made just for adults, but in the 90s, like, we were still trying to figure that out, I feel like. Like, oh, wait, like, mm-hmm. I can sneak some adult jokes in, but it's still getting under the radar of, like, being a kid's cartoon. Like, there was a weird sort of, like, creative cap on it. Like, it has to be for kids. But I think some really good stuff was made because it, it had to pass the kid test, but then you could still, like, reach adults. You just had to be really smart about it. Yeah, I think I think setting that those kind of boundaries sometimes for yourself to be like in a creative space within this like this specific set of limitations, I think can while it sounds limiting, can be freeing. Mm-hmm. And you can see that like some some really amazing like funny stuff that comes out of that need to like okay, it's for kids. I'm going to put jokes in for adults. They have to be something adults would get and funny mm-hmm. and like adult funny, but kids can't get them right because they're a little bit i don't want to say racy because like they're never never that racy but you know what i mean like they have to be a little bit edgy but not too edgy and then if a kid accidentally does get it you don't want the kid to be like scandalized and then get angry letters from parents i mean like that's such a fine line you're walking yeah Uh, but i think that fine line i mean that like you said like yeah that, that led to some really really great stuff like I don't know I mean the, the stuff that I loved when I was a kid on Nickelodeon I think was the stuff that even as a kid I was aware that something more was going on even if I didn't get it mm-hmm. like like as as scary as like Ren and Stimpy was to as benign <laughs> as like hey Arnold was they both they, they and all shows in between they had content that operated on a deeper level well, because there was always that joke where you were, like, watching with, like, mom or dad sitting on the couch behind you while you're on the floor watching the TV. And, like, they would say something on the TV and you didn't really get it. But then you'd hear mom or dad chuckle behind you and you're like, well, what? what? Hey, hey, hey. what was that? Well, explain. <laughs> What's funny? Um, speaking of, you mentioned Ren and Stimpy. I have a Ren and Stimpy. I have a Stimpy vinyl figure. <laughs> Vacation oh. Stimpy. Vacation Stimpy. Nice. Yeah. Um. Ren and Stimpy for me was he's he's holding a camera and he's wearing a Ren and Stimpy scared me. Ren and Stimpy didn't scare me; it grossed me that too out. Yeah, uh, and it, that's a weird statement for me to make, by the way. Because you're a doctor. Because almost nothing grosses me out. Yeah. I mean, like nothing on real humans. No gross thing you could show me on your body or yeah. in your body or around your body. Nothing would gross me out. Ex- but Ren and Stimpy did. Hey, what are Ren and Stimpy? Are they dogs? No, it's a dog and a cat. Yeah. Oh, he's a cat? He's a cat. Oh. Yeah. And Ren's a dog. I knew. Yeah. Okay. okay. Ren's a chihuahua, I believe. Yeah. Yes. I knew that one. Um, they just had some of those, like, hyper-realistic close-up. I mean, I know it's a cartoon. Yeah. It's not really a close-up. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, close-in. Sh- I like- can think of one exactly that I feel like has haunted my memory of, like, Ren's face really close up. And he's like, I don't know, like drooling or, or and like bloodshot eyes, or bloodshot and, eyes yeah. or something. Or anytime there would be something with snot or boogers, that was a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hairballs. Oof. 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 We always had to rush to make sure we didn't accidentally watch Ren and Stimpy while we were eating dinner. 
Yeah. But there was um. also like there was like a I mean there was the gross out stuff in Ren and Stimpy, but there was also just like a level of like uncomfortable mania like with the two characters I mean with the whole show. Like it's like yeah. it it wasn't like the, the psychosis of Ren and Stimpy was not just like haha, they're the cartoon characters that do gross stuff. It's like like it, no, like there was a level of like they're they're kind of treated like as adults and they have mm-hmm. like adult concerns and like adult like arguments like that's were, true yeah. they, they felt like there were stakes on ren and stimpy yeah there was like a weird like sort of marital balance between them which was like like i don't know like it's like as a kid it's like oh it's gross and like did you see like the like you know the the the, the crow they ate like ate cat litter or whatever it's like but like it was operated on a really messed up deeper level <laughs> no yeah. it was it was definitely something that like it's funny because as a parent now, I re- I can recognize pretty quickly a cartoon that like, oh, uh, that's a little bit beyond where Charlie is right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, you know, either either one, like what's well, not bad or, or something, you know, that's, I'm not saying it's dangerous for her or bad for her, but like the jokes are a little bit above her developmental level. Yeah. And so like she won't particularly enjoy it. She's not going to find it funny. And then some cartoons that I'm like, She's just not ready for that yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little much. We're not ready to get into those issues yet. Where do you She'll be able to Ren and Stimpy. It's well, I think like now I would look at Ren and Stimpy and say, oh well, I'm not gonna have my four year old watching Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, you know, this is just beyond what what she would want to watch or get. It would gross her out. It would freak her out. Um, but when it was presented to us as kids, I don't feel like there was any differentiation in the, in these cartoons. It was just like it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's just I funny. Agree. Because I remember being like adamantly told as a child that we couldn't watch something like Liquid Television, which was not any more or less obscene. I feel like than Ren and Stimpy. Yes, like they were very, they very much were this were similar things. Maybe they said bad words on Liquid Television. Maybe that was the difference. But well, also Eon Flux. Yeah, so they were almost boobs. You still never <laughs> They were never full boobs, but they were almost boobs. I actually, but you know what? Like, I got Eon Flux on DVD and rewatched it not too long ago. And it's a, it's a lot less scary and a lot more artful than I remember. Um, but I would still say that between the two of them, Ren and Stimpy is far more disturbing. <laughs> yeah, there are scenes that people have, like, put on Twitter from Ren and Stimpy like, hey, did you all remember Ren and Stimpy being like this when we watched it as kids? And there are just things in that where I'm like, this is... Why did I watch this? Did I get enjoyment out of this? Because I don't think I did. I mean, that, I, I think that there was an intensity to cartoons. And it, it was like, we didn't have a language for cartoons that weren't for all kids or weren't just for kids. Like, we just didn't... That concept wasn't really, at least in this country, I mean, wasn't hugely recognized now it seems absurd because we have i mean how many different networks Mm -hmm. aimed at children and not just at children but at each level yeah of childhood i mean like i know for instance that i i get excited if i find a tv show that will hold both charlie and cooper's interest yeah for you know five minutes so i can like pee or something um because they're both at different developmental levels and i know the shows that are slam dunks for cooper Mm -hmm. and i know the ones that are slam dunks for charlie and i have that wide range of programming to choose from and i also know the stuff where like 
She keeps begging me to see that new Descendants movie. Mm-hmm. She's not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. It will scare her. There yeah. are villains in it, and it's live action, and I know yeah, she'll Charlie get freaked still out. Charlie has problems with live action stuff because it's just not as captivating although that's live action that's not a cartoon that's outside the realm of this conversation but the point is like i can see the stuff that's for kids like uh she wanted to watch gravity falls today Mm -hmm. which again is not a nick program it's a disney program but we watched an old episode of gravity falls and she likes it but she loses interest yeah now i can watch gravity falls (laughs) i can watch gravity falls all day yeah and i think when she's a little bit older she will probably want to binge the whole series yeah but it there's just stuff that's going over her head and it's just it's so fascinating to see now we have this whole range of cartoons Mm -hmm. for every little childhood niche Mm -hmm. um and adults and back in the day it was just like well it's a cartoon it's for kids if it's not it's not yeah yeah there was still though that like that pushback i mean there was stuff being made that wasn't for kids but it fit under the kid umbrella so it got made like yeah. what a weird time it must have been to be a creator where it's like just like today i mean you know you can you can be a creator you can make stuff for adults if your medium happens to be cartoons that's okay like we didn't have that idea like the medium the artistic medium of animation was by and large in, unless you're the simpsons for for children like that's what it was yeah. so to get around that you just you just like like rocco's modern life it's a great mm-hmm. show if you're like a 20-something who works a crappy job and deals like just trying to figure out who you are and what your life is and you're kind of a loser. Like that's what Rocco's Modern Life is made for. It's made for like late teens and 20-somethings who don't really know where to go in their life. Yeah. It, it ran on a, on a children's network, but yeah. I, I related to that so much more when I rewatched that recently than I ever did as a kid. As a kid, it was like, haha, they, they have funny toad people, and that guy has nipple head. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I, it is true because like now, if you look at like the plot of Rocco's Modern Life, it's like, who? Well, how is this for a kid? No, totally. It's like it's, until until you say that it's animated, it's like, so this is for young adults or no? It's like a I stoner mean, comedy, but it's just through the the. Like but it's a wallaby. Of, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here, if since you brought up Rocco's Modern Life, you may enjoy this picture frame that I have, that I've received. This lovely picture frame <laughs> from Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, I don't know what pictures you want to put in there, but it would look like you're on a TV screen with Rocco himself. Are you, are you, are you going to use that? Can you send that to me? Yeah, if you want it, I'll, I'll bring it to the beach. There, there are a few cartoons I relate to stronger than, well, than Rocco of Rocco's Modern Life. As long as, as long as we're <laughs> at it, do you also want this hand sanitizer caddy with Filbert on it? Oh! He was a big fan of hand sanitizer. Turn so the page, wash your hands. Turn the page, wash your hands. <laughs> uh, Charlie was so upset, she got this out of the box and went, yes, hand sanitizer! And opened it and went, it's empty. And I was like, well, I think it's just like a holder, like you can put it in yeah. there. And she was like, oh, man. She was so excited. <laughs> My own hand sanitizer. Uh, but both of those products are here uh, for your Rocco's Modern Life enjoyment. No, I, I think Rocco's Modern Life is an, is a perfect comedy for if you're in your 20s. I, that kids watched it amazes me. That we watched it as kids. Like, why? I watched it. Why did we it's like wild. it? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, it was it was it's funny because 
that is the one thing I'll say. And again, like as a parent, I have some idea of this that I didn't when I was the kid watching this stuff. Kids are, are always a little bit more aware and a little bit smarter than the adults around them give them credit for or realize. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how much you hear an adult bragging about, like mm-hmm. my kid's so smart. You don't know what's going on in those brains. And there's stuff they're picking up on. There are little nuances, little things about humor that I think they're getting on a very like, almost like primal level. Yeah. And so like, I, cause I will see it echoed in the way that Charlie communicates with me later. Um, like, like little bits of like, either it's sarcasm or it's wackiness mm-hmm. or it's, it's something, you know, that she is modeling a, like a humor that she's modeling from cartoons. So I think, I think there is a way that kids pick up on that stuff, even in like a subconscious way. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they don't, if they, if they couldn't verbalize to you, like, why do you think that's funny? And they'd be like, I don't, I don't know. Cartoon. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's just thinking about all these cartoons. It's, it's crazy to me that this is the one thing that seems to, we both, we all three seem to have watched the same things. Did they just stay on TV for a long time? I guess they d- so. I, I think they did. I, and I mean, it wasn't as crowded of a space back then. That's true. Cause we I didn't know. have. 30 different Knicks and 30 different Disneys. Yeah. And I remember watching almost all of these. I mean, Rugrats, Hey Arnold, Ah, Real Monsters, mm-hmm. Rocco's Modern Life. That's another one. Ah, Real Monsters would scare the crap out of Charlie, I think. It scared me, but I still watched it. That <laughs> one monster that has um, its eyes and its it hands. Holds its eyes. Yeah. Oh, I hated that. Aw. Oh, he was I can only smiling. assume that was the that was the inspiration for Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, I, y- yes, absolutely. <laughs> I loved our real monsters. Oh, I did too. I'm not I'm not dissing it. It was yeah. a good show, but I, I think it would scare my four year old. I I also just love like the weirdness. Like this is like even as a kid. Like I remember liking the fact that the like, kind of like the mean like headmaster of the school sounded like Tim Curry and wore high heels. And some part <laughs> of my brain got that. Like this makes yes. sense. <laughs> like, like I like that. And that that was in a kid show where like it was a a clearly male voice actor, but he wore yeah. heels. Like there was a bit of that. It's like it felt a little subversive. It felt like a little bit like hey, it's like kind of like there maybe like there was clearly somebody in the writers' room. It's like you're gonna make him sound like Tim Curry. And he's gonna reference like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like that, you know. I feel like like they were I mean, throwing yeah. stuff to the children. Like this will matter someday. You'll appreciate yeah. this someday. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make my pitch for you uh, to watch Mickey's Monster Musical now, um, but before I do that, all right, <laughs> let's right. check the group message. Um, this week still buffering is brought to you in part by Native Deodorant. I think we've talked to you all about Native before, but I want to talk about them more because they have fewer, simpler ingredients. So you know everything that's in your deodorant, everything that's going in your pits. Um, they come in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women. Plus, uh, release new limited edition seasonal scents. There's no risk to try. There's free returns and exchanges in the USA. And you can subscribe and save. So you can save $2 per stick of deodorant and have Native conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, three, or four months. So, you know, whatever your deodorant needs are, you can just have it on a subscription service. So in case you know, you're like, oh, no, I just my stick just ran out and I didn't even know. It's just, well, there you go. You, you can, can say Exilla better than pits i said pits well, i'm just saying that's the it's word i went with pleasant name <laughs> what what word did you use Sid? axilla i don't know that doesn't sound like you a know 
what percent of our audience probably would have known I meant pits? Definitely not this one right here because I didn't know what that meant. Hey, listen, more more than you might expect. That's probably true. Um, Taylor, if our listeners want to try Native, what should they do? Well, if you go to nativedeodorant.com, you can get 20% off your first purchase. Uh, just use our promo code buffering during your checkout. Get that 20% off. Uh, yeah, nativedeodorant.com. I want to tell you all about Rockets of Awesome again, because Rockets of Awesome is shaking up the way we shop for kids online. Uh, I can tell you that it, it can be tough to shop for kids, period, online or like offline, which we call IRL, which we call in real life. Did you like all that? Yeah. All those abbreviations I just mm-hmm. used. Um, my, my daughter, Charlie, loves clothes, uh, but she doesn't like going to buy them. And she doesn't like necessarily looking at them. And shopping online can be tough because if you just start doing like using big mass kind of shopping for everything websites Mm -hmm. that shall not be named. uh, You don't know the quality of the stuff you're getting. You know, you don't you don't know if it's going to be good, good stuff that's going to last and be durable because you want your kids clothes to be comfortable and durable and something that they'll actually enjoy. And Rockets of Awesome has you covered in all of those areas. They have uh, high-value, premium-quality kids' clothes. Uh, They have, like, design details, like little hidden pockets, reinforced knees, itch-free linings. That itch-free lining, I cannot emphasize enough how important that (laughs) is for kids. Charlie makes me cut every tag out of her clothing. Uh, If something is itchy, she will never wear it. (laughs) So these are the details that tell you that the people who made these clothes were really thinking about kids' when they made them. They're all, uh, all the pieces are designed to be mixed and matched so you can make all different kinds of outfits. Uh, and they take the hassle out of shopping for kids with sizes ranging from two to 14. So, so you should check them out. And if our listeners want to do that, Taylor, where should they go? Well, you should go to rocketsofawesome.com slash maybe and use the promo code maybe. That's rocketofawesome.com slash maybe. And for that, you can get 20% off uh, towards your first order. So you can discover for yourself how awesome Rockets of Awesome clothing is. All right. So check that out. Rocketsofawesome.com slash maybe promo code maybe. Um, so Mickey's Monster Musical. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying because you brought up Rocky Horror Picture Show, it is clearly an homage now, you know what my argument is against continuing to talk about Mickey's Monster Musical? It's not on Nickelodeon. It's a Disney production. Yeah. I agree. That's, that is, and that is one of the things that I'm up against now is, uh, it's funny. I, when I was younger, would have told people, I mean, when I was of an age where you would talk about things like this. Yeah. Uh, I watch a lot of Nickelodeon. I considered myself kind of a Nickelodeon kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't one of those Disney Channel kids, those fancy Disney Channel kids, because you had to pay for the Disney Channel back yeah. in the day. <laughs> I was not one of those kids. I was a Nickelodeon kid. Mm-hmm. We, our, our cartoons are cooler. We watched the Rugrats. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, and it was, it was like a way I defined myself. It's funny now because we watch so many different like I couldn't even tell you the networks that mm-hmm. some of the shows are on. Some of them I know, like because we went to Disney World and I saw the characters there, so now I remember that they're a Disney thing. But other than that, other ones I don't like. You, I had to look up like which of the shows that we watch now are Nick shows. Yeah, 
Yeah, I had a hard time thinking about shows I watched other than these that kind of were made before me, but I watched because they were still on TV as I was starting to watch TV. Um, and most of the ones I could could come up with were on Teen Nick, and they were all live-action shows. So it was like, you know, you had Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. it was all cartoons, and you had this block of shows that was Teen Nick, where I found most of my favorite shows. They had... Um, Zoe 101, Ned's Declassified, School Survival Guide, Drake and Josh, stuff like that. It was all live action, and I loved, but no cartoons. That I remember being Nick shows that weren't made before well, my time. And there was a precedent for that, I guess, because, I mean, like, you know, you look at, like, Snick, which was specifically, mm-hmm. like, that was Nick loading for teenagers. Like, you had mm-hmm. The Roundhouse. You had, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? You had... Alex Clarissa explains it all. Alex Mack. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Clarissa was a little before that. But still, like, you had, like, maybe that's the one thing that Nickelodeon has continued to do is, like, they, they've they still cornered the market on teen programming. It's just, I think, what teen programming is has kind of changed. Like, cartoons are in a weird place where it's, like, it's for adults and teen, teens watch them or it's for kids and adults watch them. Yeah. That, that's very that's very true and it, and it is weird because like I mentioned Rugrats and I love Rugrats and I still love Rugrats and it's funny to think why did I love it so much as a kid it's weird it's a show about babies and parents and the parents yeah. are just I mean there's a, there's about there's about divorce there's about single parent households like there's stuff that's like there was actually useful stuff for kids to know, but it still feels like, oh, do I want my child to be exposed to this? Like, it's still, like, for as old as Rugrats is, it's still kind of, like, ahead of its time. It is, because there are a lot of jokes about, like, parenting stuff that I've watched, like, we've rewatched some of it now, and Charlie likes it, although I don't know how long that's going to hang on, because I really think, like, more and more, there are shows that are geared towards kids that are her age, and kids like to see reflections of like the stuff they do and the stuff they're into right. in the in the media that they enjoy mm-hmm. and so i can't see her maintaining an interest in a show about babies as long when she has 10 different shows she could watch where there are kids her age doing stuff she does yeah. you know i mean it's just I, I think that's a kid thing but as an adult like the parenting stuff man it speaks to me yeah. <laughs> I mean it speaks to me hard and like the struggle of like the working parents versus the stay at home parents and like all the different like the child rearing books the Dr. Lipschitz stuff mm-hmm. that stuff rings true as a parent huh. I have a t-shirt by the way in case you're interested in the Nick box oh what is a Rugrats a Rugrats t-shirt from Funland and it just has it's like you're an employee of Funland it's got Funland and then it's got a big thing of ice cream, like the big uh, ice I cream sundae that. with That's the, a um, great the, one, the mini golf, yeah. Yeah. the mini golf ice cream sundae. I remember that ice cream sundae. It is a good shirt. Yeah. It's a very good shirt. Um, I found this graphic that had the, like all the, the most popular um, Nickelodeon cartoons because I was trying to think there have to be Nickelodeon cartoons that I watched that were not made in the 90s. And I am remembering that... Um, the Fairly Odd Parents, Jimmy Neutron, Danny Phantom. My Life as a Teenage Robot was one of my favorites. It was all about teen robots, but it was a cartoon. And Avatar The Last Airbender was a Nickelodeon cartoon. Oh, I didn't know that. That was one of, the, that was one of my favorites. Well, that one's, um, I would say, popular. <laughs> yeah. SpongeBob, of course. But there were a lot. 
SpongeBob persists. Cat dog. Cat dog cat was good. Dog, yeah. Yeah. Cat dog scared me a little it too. Was a little <laughs> cat dog was like, cat, cat dog was one of those you just could not think about too much. Yeah. Um, Except cat dog for what cat dog cat is, dog, and don't question. Do cat not dog. question cat dog. But wait, what was the uh, coward? Uh, courage the cowardly, the cowardly dog. dog. That was that, car- was that Nickelodeon? I think that album was it. Probably it had to have been. That was a freaky cartoon. That wouldn't have been Disney Channel. Let <laughs> me make sure though, because that one, I, I I think I mean that one was amazing. I love like, that. That though. was great. Like a yeah. lot of the references they made were were like to like old school horror like writers like they, they, it was like it, it was a smarter show oh that's cartoon network oh i forgot about cartoon network well yeah car- well, cartoon thing. network kind of came along cartoon alongside of this like like nickelodeon yeah. kicked it off but cartoon network kind of picked the ball up on that i mean and maybe did it better yeah. i mean they've got steven universe it's hard to yeah. argue with that yeah but wait um, angry beavers angry beavers was Angry Beavers was Nickelodeon. Okay. I've got I've got Angry Beavers enamel pins. What? I loved the what? Angry Beavers. Do you want these? I know you millennials love your enamel pins. I I love the Sid, honestly, <laughs> the Angry Beavers always kinda reminded me of 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 you and me. I think that's fair. Because one was kind which of Which one's which? I think I think do I mean I think we both know. Which one am, am I I don't remember their names. There was there was Norbert and Daggett, um, and Daggett was like a little bit more straight laced and a little uptight, and Norbert was a little bit cooler and a little bit more relaxed. So I was Norbert. Wait, the one that was cooler and more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, you were Daggett. I thought I was we decided Norbert. earlier you were self aware. <laughs> I was joking. I can, that's fair. That's fair. I can see that. I can. Right. I. That's a. Yeah. I agree with that characterization. I. I, I remember watching that up. Ep- I remember uh, that episode I, with you where they stayed up all night and watched the horror movies about the spleen. And they. Yes. Spleeny weeny. <laughs> Spleeny weeny. Man, that that persisted. That kept on. Spleeny weeny. Um, they're also featured on this. Uh, um, dop kit in case you wanted a Nickelodeon. Do you have a dop kit? Do, do either of you need a, a I kind of want it. I keep looking at what it is and I kind of want it. Dop? It's like a little, it's like a toiletry bag that you travel with that has like all the little different compartments. Okay. It's a nice um, thing to have. I have one, since we travel so much, I have one that's preloaded with a double of all my toiletries. That's good. Nice. So I don't have to like pack them and take, I just throw it in my suitcase but and it's already ready. all the characters on it. It's got Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, Ah Real Monsters, mm-hmm. Angry Beavers, the Wild Thornberries. That was a good one. Hey Arnold characters hey Arnold. are on here. Yeah. It's got it's got everybody. I don't, I, R- Riley, you take that. I want the enamel pins, but you take that. <laughs> I'll bring the enamel, um, p- the enamel pins and the Rocco's Modern Life picture frame. <laughs> thank you. I'm an adult. These are my concerns. I, I have postcards <laughs> from all these shows. I've got Rocco po- postcards. I've got SpongeBob postcards. I have something called Rocket Power postcards, which I do not remember. What? I watched Rocket Power. That was about the kids who skateboarded, right? Yes. Because yes. the kids, I, I, yes, because the kids on it are skateboarding. That's that's um, why you know that. Taylor, there was a show you introduced me to that was a cartoon that was on Nickelodeon that I forgot about, and that's Invader Zim. 
Oh, Invader yes. Zim. Was that Nickelodeon? That was. That was Nickelodeon. That what was a great show. But I mean, that that's kind of the epitome of what we're talking about because that's made by like Yonan Vasquez, who who had Johnny the Homicidal Maniac under his belt, like mm-hmm. a super like talented dude, like like we like the the teens and the adults in that time period were loving the heck out of his stuff. But he got optioned for a cartoon on the Children's Network. And did anybody see that, like, given the standards of the time going well? <laughs> like, no, it's so it's so weird to think about. Um, but, I mean, it's again, it's like the, the, nowadays there's so much specialization in the channels. You would find a channel. Actually, I, Invader Zim would probably be something, like, on a streaming service now, mm-hmm. you know. I, I think that there, I've heard rumors of a movie being made. So maybe we'll get really? that. Oh, I wonder yeah. who's making it. Because Invader Zim was hilarious. Like the cartoon was yeah. amazing. I oh. watch it now. Like I've I when I'm like at night just trying to find something to watch, I'll put on a few. I have all the DVDs. Like I'll put on some Invader Zim. Like it's it's well written. It's funny. It's disturbing. I mean, it was so what was good. The, the one the green character, the Gur. Yes, that was one of the first like stuffed animals I remember yes. having. That was not just like a, a teddy bear. I think you had mine. From yeah. I think Taylor exactly. yeah, yeah. got me or gave me a Gur. Um, I think it's funny that they they made it all grown up on Nick, which was the Rugrats as teens, mm-hmm. and I think it was after you all would have been watching cartoons, but they made it in like 2007 or 2008. When I was watching cartoons, but Rugrats was made before I was, so I think they created All Grown Up partly for you know like college-aged, just out of college kids who watched or high school who watched you know Rugrats. Oh yeah, yeah. and then wanted to see them grown up, but also like the the you know I had all I didn't watch Rugrats on TV. I had all the orange VHS tapes that had Rugrats on them. Yeah, and watch those, and then Rug or All Grown Up came on TV when I was just starting to watch TV. Well, I have to imagine that that was a similar thing. It's it's funny. Do you know how many different Doras there are now? So many, so many different. There's like, a Dora iterations of Dora the teenager. Explorer. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the movie's about to come out too. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I it has to be trying to capture the cohort of people like uh, who were kids and fell in love with Dora the Explorer and like follow them on through. Yeah teenager land yeah <laughs> or not i mean i mean, although i don't know charlie likes them all although she'll tell me sometimes like can i just watch the original kid dora, dora. kid <laughs> dora the original dora kid dora um which that's what i mean nickelodeon today like i'm so much more familiar with nick jr which mm-hmm. i don't know exactly when nick jr was a thing but i know when tay when you and i were little i'm pretty sure it was not uh i feel like nick jr came along a similar time because it was just at first it was during the day and then it evolved into two separate channels yeah because at first nick jr was just what they did during the daytime and then in the evening they would show nickelodeon and then they would go to nick at night <laughs> i watched that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> a lot of old reruns of dragnet and get smart Isn't that a bit weird nick at night oh, go ahead <laughs> I was just going to say, Nick at Night was always the thing that came on whenever I was supposed to be asleep at like 11 o'clock during the Mm -hmm. weeknights. That it would just, for me, I always remember it being just reruns of George Lopez. Just (laughs) constantly on TV at Nick at Night. That was all I remember. You didn't get the, I got those plus, uh, see, that was not my, my, that was still on for me. So for me, Nick at Night was like 
I mean, seriously, like Bewitched and mm-hmm. I Dream of Jeannie and all that stuff. Yeah. I love Lucy. Uh, but now Nickelodeon, I, I know Nick Jr. so much better because there's so many shows that kids love on that. Like the Bubble Guppies are on Nick Jr. Of course, Dora, Diego. Diego. Love Diego. I love Diego. Sometimes I like Diego more than Dora when I was little. Well, first of all, the there music, animals, the, so. the theme song is better. Yes. Justin uh, loves the Cody Coco theme song. It's really, it's really good. It's very good. Um, and Diego, like, he, I mean, it, they really go there with some of their environmental messages. Like, they there. really take a stand. They well, do. Every week there's a, or every episode there's a different, you know, species they talk about at the end of mm-hmm. it. A different kind of animal. And they, I mean, they go, they like double down on stuff like climate change. Like, they're like, listen, this is a problem. Diego's telling you, hey, kids, kids. Listen to yeah. Diego. Listen to Diego. <laughs> He's telling you the planet's dying. Well, I, I like that. And I mean, then, but that's the kind of thing. Like, what what is appropriate children's programming? I think it's 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 a funny thought to come from all this because just as much as like these shows we're talking about, like it should have been for kids, but like something like Rocco's Modern Life that's introducing you to like the sort of I don't know the the existential anyway of being an adult with like a middle income job and like not knowing what you're doing, <laughs> like. Is that something that we just hide from kids until they're there? Or is it okay to, like, have cartoons that introduce kids to tougher thoughts in bright color and, like, digestible ways? I think I think that I would say it's there's no problem with introducing it. One very, like, logistical issue is that if it's too far above, like, if they won't, if they won't, comprehend the main message from the episode or the series it they'll lose interest right. mm-hmm. and this is something i've observed with charlie is like i know this is supposed to be cool mom but i'm not interested in this yeah like i tried to get her into um elena of avalor a little too young <laughs> you'll wait on that one that's all right yeah you just really wanted her to love i her. love elena of avalor so much i know that's disney again but um but like it's funny because other shows, like I would say the sh- the Nickelodeon show, The Loud House, is not necessarily targeted at, at kids as young as Charlie. Although certainly the fact that there are 11 siblings in this family that span from like older teenagers to baby mm-hmm. helps because like every kid can find a character with which yeah. they sort of identify. But, uh, but I think the neat thing about it is she's been exposed to a lot of cool ideas and like concepts Mm -hmm. and stuff from watching the loud house and she's been really engaged by it Mm -hmm. and stuff like the dad quitting his boring office job to like pursue his passion of working in a kitchen and i don't know like they have themes like that and like all the kids support him Mm -hmm. and help him out even though it means like the family's gonna make less money and you know i don't know it's like they're, they're cool ideas like that that she so I think if it's done well, you can expose kids to, I don't want to say like adult ideas. Cause when you say adult, we always think of sex. I just mean like stuff that's more complicated than sharing your toys. Complex themes. And you know, again, this isn't a Nickelodeon show, but you can do it with almost anything. Just ask Daniel Tiger. Yes. Sydney loves Daniel Tiger. Yes. I mean, they talk about everything. Yeah. They, they cover, they cover, you know, all kinds of different tough topics mm-hmm. um, for kids. So, I mean, I think you can do it if you are sensitive to it, um, as long as you can hold their attention. 
but uh but there are lots sense. of there are lots of cool shows like that on on nick jr she likes that sunny day thing she likes butterbeans cafe mm-hmm. those don't necessarily teach lessons sometimes they'll try to tell you on nick jr what lessons your kids are going to learn from the show <laughs> yeah they do do that and i want to be like shimmer and shine come on you're not teaching charlie anything. you're not she just loves your outfit right you are two <laughs> two mythical genies in sparkly outfits you live in a lamp and you take your friend on adventures this is not teaching her anything <laughs> it's fun i'm not saying she can't watch it i let her watch shimmer and shine i'm just yeah. saying come on nick jr you're not fooling me yeah well I, yeah i don't i don't think every not every kid's show i think has to have like secret hidden lessons for them to accept adulthood but (laughs) no i think you know what i think really the thing that i'm seeing more now or at least i'm more aware of i mean maybe it was happening in shows when we were younger but i'm a lot more aware of it now it's because it's something i worry about i think the thing you can model in children's shows especially cartoons because kids are tend to be drawn to those think that they might that they're probably for them Mm mm-hmm is uh like diversity representation Mm. that's the thing i mean like especially when you consider that where we live here in west virginia is a pretty homogenous place where diversity in your daily life you may not encounter a lot of you can see that modeled on television programming for kids and that can really help shape the way they look at what does the world look like mm-hmm. what a people look like what a relationships look like what does love look like like you can that's easy to do mm-hmm. you just have those characters there exactly and you have diverse voices making the programming because it can't just be on screen it has to be behind the right. screen yeah. too but well that, that's but that all kids can enjoy I, I and i do love the cartoons like i mean steven universe once again not 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 nickelodeon but prime example but like you said like the loud house is the one that you said that there's like like same-sex parents in that is that the one mm-hmm. yeah like yep it's not like we're making it, it, it cartoons don't feel the need like this is the whole center of a thing it's just it's just a fact of life that like this is how the world works and it's okay like that's really <laughs> there's there's our insidious agenda of accepting people <laughs> like haha get the kids to believe that everybody is human just like them exactly well and I, you know they've done they've done a really good job it's interesting on the loud house they've started i haven't seen the i don't know if it's a different series or if it's just like certain episodes of the loud house where it's actually not about that family mm-hmm. the whose last name is loud right. mm. that's the, Makes the thing sense. uh one of the one of the children in the family is dating a guy and it looks like the whole episode because i just saw a snippet of it this is why i don't know all the details because i just saw charlie was watching like two minutes of it and justin was with her so he probably knows all the details but it was actually about her boyfriend's family and her boyfriend's family is all uh latino and it was an entire episode centered around them. And it's so nice to see that because I think when we grew up, so many cartoons like were centered around like a white voice as the main character. Right. And you're seeing more and more cartoons that aren't. Um, and it's, again, that's just, I think that's so important for all people, but especially like I, I, it means a lot to me as somebody who lives in a very homogenous 
part of the country that my children are seeing these shows that are completely centered centered around people who don't look like them i think that's very important yeah. you know and of and of course important for kids who are watching that show and saying oh, these characters do look like me and they speak another language like I do. And this looks like my family. And this is very exciting for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, uh, and that's like where I, I think there's a lot of power to the idea that what you teach kids when they're still young enough to, to not have things locked into place is like how you kind of change the world. I mean, because I, I don't know how many people in my age range I've talked to that are other like queer people that watched Sailor Moon growing up or something like that, where it's like, that was my first notion that like you know that queer people were acceptable that, that like that 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 was a, a narrative that i needed that i was desperate for like giving kids those things when they're young enough to not be like locked into their beliefs like have beliefs forced upon them by outside sources like as much as i wish that like boycotting amazon would like change the horrible people in charge of that like there's also like maybe more power in like let's focus on the kids let's raise them right and like to not be evil like let's let's raise better billionaires and maybe we can yeah. save the world no i agree i agree and uh nickelodeon's doing that <laughs> you, you think so <laughs> was that our was that our final message well i have no idea no, i don't I, watch nickelodeon now i don't know i i we watch a lot of cartoons in this house. They're all from, there's lots of different people doing good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you just got to find the right creators, I think, these days. But uh, the Nick Box was cool in either way. Yeah. I, I enjoy this Nick Box. I'm going to give you guys all these divvied things. up all its contents. Yes. Uh, the only thing I didn't mention, there's also a, a Gerald bobblehead from Hey Arnold. Aww. So that's cool, too. Yeah. Dude, there is no so show that had more heart than Hey Arnold. I know you what know. a great show. The the the, the Birdman episode, the guy that took care of the pigeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a I. The, that yeah, was that a was show. a good show. That's my whole thought. That, uh, that show, show had a lot of heart. But um, this was not an endorsement, by the way. I don't like Nick. Bo I, we pay for this. Nick Nickelodeon is not paying us for this podcast. <laughs> No, and no. like I didn't. It'd be really cool if they sent me this for free, so that I would talk about it on my podcast. Because then I would have gotten it for free. But the truth is, they didn't. <laughs> we just get it because Justin thought I would think it was cool, and I do, and I enjoy a lot of the products. Yeah, uh, from it. So, and Charlie really enjoyed. There was a reptar ball we got one time, which That's was good. a beach ball, and it had the city around it, and inside was reptar. It was like, it was like see through. It was very cool. Yes. Anyway. That's very good. Charlie loved that. But um, but no, I don't. This is not like viral marketing for Nick Box. I just have it and thought our listeners would enjoy hearing yeah. about it. So, uh, so you don't have to buy that <laughs> unless you want it. Okay. I mean, if you do, feel free. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure that there's a way to find out where I it is. I'm yeah. not gonna. I hope <laughs> get like a '90s Nick Box at some point. That would be so cool. That would be very cool. Um. I don't. I don't think anyone from Nickelodeon listens to our show. But if they do, you should make no, that. I, I want like the include like the it. googly eyes <laughs> from like that one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? That, like allowed you to see. Ooh uh, yeah. See the other yeah. universe. Mr. Zardo gave you. Mm-hmm. You could see the upside yeah. down. Oh, see. Oh wow, that tied it all back oh, in. Look at that. Tied it back wow. around. Circles. Wow. Circles. Great back job. Around. What a. 
good episode we've created. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, sisters. Thank you for your help. Uh, thank you, Nickelodeon. <laughs> you didn't endorse this, but, you know, we talked about you a lot. So there's that. Thank you to our listeners. Uh, and you should check out MaximumFun.org for a lot of wonderful podcasts that you would enjoy. And you should tweet at us if you would like at StillBuff. And you can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org if you have thoughts or suggestions or questions or comments or show topics that you think we should discuss. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mine. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And I was too. This is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. Mm -hmm. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident. Accident. Of realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.